My days working, taking care of my little ones can be a lot. I checked out care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced, and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. Care.com makes it super easy. Search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go-to. All right, Ben Volin of the Boston Globe joins us again. Two years in a row. we got to make this a yearly tradition, I guess. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Nothing better than coming out to Rochester for a little training camp. Honestly, one of the best parts uh, of my tour every year is to come out to Bill's camp. So always a lot of fun. We were just talking to Ben. You just flew in the other day from Boston, so you were at Patriots camp for day one. Just early impressions on the Patriots. I know it's just one day, but just of the offseason in general and what their expectations should be this year. Yeah, sure, kind of big picture because we've, we've been with the Patriots throughout OTAs and mini camps, and now uh, the first day of camp. So you, there's a big kumbaya uh, feeling with, with the Patriots right now. Last year went sideways for many reasons, mostly because I think of the coaching setup. Uh, where Bill Belichick put Matt Patricia and Joe Judge in charge of the offense. And the players just did not seem to buy in, and especially Mac Jones. I think it it really went sideways last year. You saw him screaming at the coaches on the field a lot, you know, uh, kind of showing up the coaches a little bit. And then the reports that behind the scenes he was contacting his old coaches at Alabama asking how do we fix things, and Belichick caught wind of it. And so when you talk to Mac Jones now, he talks about having a fresh start this year, which I think is key. Like they're putting last year behind them, and just forget last year. It's We're moving on to 23. It's a fresh start. But it shows you how backwards things went last year. And, and Mac Jones is now entering his third season. And it's like they're starting fresh again from, from zero. New offensive coordinator. You know, new start with the coaching staff. Uh, so uh, definitely getting a sense that, hey, all is well now. But they're starting from, from not a, as good of a place as maybe some other teams. And then I think big picture, you have to be concerned about their offense. They have some nice pieces. I like Juju Smith-Schuster. I think they view him as kind of an Edelman, like a, a physical slot guy over the middle, better yards after the catch. Mike Gesicki, Hunter Henry, a decent you know tight end combo. My worry is just they have a lot of B-level receivers, not enough of A-level guys to be able to keep up with the Bills, the Bengals, the Chiefs. So I think if everything goes well, the Patriots could be competitive this year, but they don't seem to have – the high-end firepower to really compete in the AFC. Yeah, especially in the AFC East where everybody seems like they're really good. They got better in some capacity. It seems like the two biggest additions are coordinators. Vic Fangio maybe in Miami, Bill O'Brien in New England. What will Bill O'Brien be able to do? How will the offense look different under Bill O'Brien? The first thing I think Bill O'Brien brings is credibility. And, you know, it goes back to what I said before. When you put a career defensive coordinator and a career special teams coach in Matt Patricia and Joe Judge in charge of the offense and uh, quarterbacks rooms, that's tough for the players to buy in. You know, from from the get-go, I think players were questioning, do these coaches really have our best interests in mind? So now Bill Bill O'Brien, he's been there, done it with the Patriots. He was an offensive coordinator, head coach for the Texans and and Penn State. Uh, he's been an offensive coordinator at Alabama, so he's bringing some college concepts, some college ideas with him. He's been around not just within Foxborough, so he's got some outside ideas and brings some credibility. Now, I have some questions. Bill O'Brien, you know, he's a guy who over the years, when he has good quarterbacks, his offenses do well, and when he doesn't have good quarterbacks, his offenses have been pretty mediocre. So I still think a lot of it is going to fall on Mac Jones and taking that big step now in his third season. Mac Jones now having his third offensive coordinator in three years. How is he going to handle that? 
Um, to me, it's no more excuses for Mac Jones. Last year, you could point to, well, he didn't quite have the receivers, didn't quite have the coaching. Now, the coaching, I think, is definitely more improved with Bill O'Brien, and I do think the, the weapons are a little bit upgraded, not significantly, but I do like Juju Smith-Schuster over Jacoby Myers. So, to me, no more excuses for Mac Jones. He's got a real coach now in Bill O'Brien. What is the bar that Mac Jones needs to reach? Because rookie Mac Jones was good. Last year, Mac Jones, not so good. If he reverts back to rookie Mac Jones, is that enough? Or does he need to have the best season he's ever had to ultimately kind of prove himself that he can be a guy long-term? Yeah, I think everyone would be happy with rookie Mac Jones, where I believe his touchdown-interception ratio was 22-13, to 13, very solid. He didn't win games, but he didn't lose games, and, and I think that's, Bill, that's right up Bill Belichick's alley. He loves <laughs> playing football that way, and uh, you do wonder if the way the Patriots are built now more on defense and special teams, that's where they've uh, spent most of their resources this offseason. Again, is Bill Belichick stuck in the past a little bit, and can he adapt to the modern NFL where the Super Bowl is being won 38-35? to 35? I, I don't know yet, but um, everyone would be happy with rookie year Mac Jones just because it was drama-free. He played pretty well. I personally would like to see more out of him in the fourth quarter. He doesn't have a signature win yet in two years. I, th- I believe the only fourth quarter comeback – it was his rookie year, week five, against the Texans, who were like a tanking team. Otherwise, he's like O for his career whenever a team scores more than 23 points, I want to say, or 24 points. So he's never really won a shootout, never won a game where the other team scores 30 points. I know it doesn't happen often, but I'd like to see Mac take that next step. But big picture-wise, as far as being comfortable that Mac can be the quarterback for next year too, yeah, just revert to what you did rookie year where you limited mistakes, you didn't lose your team games, uh, and you got along with your coaches, and I think everyone would be happy with that. All right, let's talk about the head coach because nobody denies he's the most accomplished coach in NFL history, greatest coach in NFL history, however you want to slice it. But it hasn't gone as well the last couple of years. He's within reach of the all-times win record. Now, I, I do know that it's generally counted playoffs and regular season, and he'll get that probably in the next couple of years. But 31 wins away from regular season record. They want to have him coaching on that sideline, but he's got, what, he's 72 now maybe, 71? Uh, 70 this 70, year. 70. So it might take him to be 72, 73 to get it. How does all this play out? Robert Kraft's going, hey, last couple of years, you know, I don't want to start winning again. Yeah, and it's interesting you bring up the 31 wins uh, because the number that a lot of people in New England are focusing on is 18. When, when you include the playoffs, yes. Belichick's only 18 away. But someone, I, I forget who I was talking to recently, was like, since when do we include the postseason? In, I agree. In, in a lot of these. So there will be some debate. And if Belichick really wants the record, you're right. He's going to have to hang around to get the 31 wins, which is at least three more regular seasons. So Bill, uh, Robert Kraft was asked specifically, are you going to let Bill hang around to, to uh, get the records? He was asked this in March at the owner's meetings. And Robert Kraft, he's like, hey, we're not about stats around here. We're about championships. And he's right. They've never been about player stats. It's always been about the team. And if they're going 6-11, and 7-10, even 8-9, and nine, I definitely think the, the owners are going to take a, a long look at Bill Belichick and whether they need to, to keep this going or whether it's time to start fresh. And so, Isn't it ironic he's taking a page out of Belichick and saying, it's not about stats around here, when the guy who is all about – Saying that basically and operating that way is the guy now it could cost? No, no question. He's flipped it uh, on, on Bill Belichick. And absolutely, if they go 7-10 and 10 and Mac Jones doesn't show improvement, I, I definitely think there's a chance they make a, a change ahead coach. Uh, the Patriots, they already have their ducks in a row. They have it all lined up. They have Gerard Mayo. They kept him off the coaching market this year, gave him a big raise, pretty much made him the coach in waiting. Robert Kraft has said he views Gerard Mayo as a future head coach and hopes that it's in New England. 
They've got in the front office, uh, Mac Rowe and Elliot Wolf, two kind of seasoned guys who are all already taking expanded roles in the front office. So they have it all ready to go to, to move on from Bill Belichick if that's what it takes. I think they'd rather him stick around and be able to set the record in New England. But if it's another disastrous season, I don't think they're just going to hang on. They've been spinning their wheels the last three years, 25 and 25, no playoff wins. Everyone's starting to get restless, and it's time. If it's another bad season like that, I don't think they're just going to keep spinning their wheels. Our audience, the people listening to this podcast, very in tune with the Buffalo Bills. So much of what you do is covering the New England Patriots, the division as a whole. From your vantage point, which team got the most improved over this offseason and could take the biggest step next season? It's a good question. I would say everyone but the Bills showed the most improvement. The Bills kind of uh, stayed true to form this year and are just kind of run it back and hoping for, I would say, different mojo this year and not – you guys obviously know everything that happened last season. They're probably just hoping for a little bit more normalcy this year. But, I mean, I I think the Jets are the most improved just because it comes down to the quarterback. I I am so on board with this Aaron Rodgers move to the Jets. I think it's going to work gangbusters. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I am all in. I think the Jets are going to win the division. I think he is the difference. Um, They have so many fantastic young players on that team. And here's my favorite stat. Last year – there were 46 quarterbacks across the league who throw 100 passes. The three Jets quarterbacks ranked in passer rating 43rd, 44th, and 45th. They had three of the four worst quarterbacks in the entire league. The only one who was worse was the Dolphins' Skylar Thompson. He was the only one who was worse. So they had just absolute dreadful, worse-than-replacement-level quarterback play. You don't even need Aaron Rodgers to be a superstar. You just need him to be decent and to not make too many mistakes. I love that they're bringing in his offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. The playbook that they came up with together helped him win MVP in 20 and 21. Rodgers' slide last year coincided with Hackett leaving for Denver. I love that they, they brought in Aaron Rodgers to be the coach now. Everyone has to he, He's the teacher and the coach as far, instead of the other way around. So I, I just think the Jets are, are loaded with talent, and Rodgers is going to bring it all together. I'm, I'm worried about the Bills not doing enough, um, having this weird hangover from the last two seasons, obviously, the way it ended. I, I think there are questions about their toughness, mental toughness in January. Uh, Dolphins, you have to love what they've done with Vic Fangio, but to me there's still major questions about Tua, and then I've already talked about how I feel about the Patriots. So it's going to come down to the Jets and Bills, and to me I'm picking the Jets this year. Okay, well, there you're the green Kool-Aid drinker, as we learned. Ben Volan of the Boston Globe joining us here on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. On the Bills, there is a national perspective. I know what you just said about them kind of staying stagnant, and maybe they're not – you're not saying they're going to necessarily be a bad football team, obviously. They're going to be good. But there is a perspective that, hey, the window's closing. Um, they're going to take a step back. Like, how much of that do you buy into? How much of a step back could they take? And maybe is this window closing? Or, hey, as long as you have Josh Allen, like we like to say, you're still going to contend for a championship. Yes, I, I, I would agree with that, that as long as you have Josh Allen, you will be one of the best teams in the NFL, and they will be in the playoffs, and, and they will make noise. So I'm not writing off the bills by any stretch. Um, I'm just concerned that this is not a team that's uh, got what it takes to, to play in January. Two really disappointing losses the last two years. And I'm looking at the – first of all, the window's not going to close because Josh Allen's going to be around for a long time. But the window on this roster is closing. The the spending this year, three hundred million dollars on the roster. They're outspending the Patriots by a hundred million dollars right now. So they're clearly all in with all these veteran guys. 
there's no way that they're going to be able to keep this core together. They're going to have to rebuild around Josh Allen in the next coming years and start drafting the next generation of Bills, drafting and developing. I'm worried about the wide receiver core. I don't think they've done enough. I was really surprised they didn't show more interest in DeAndre Hopkins. I thought that would have been the perfect answer for them. Obviously, Stephon Diggs, unbelievable player. Gabe Davis, very inconsistent, and a bunch of who are these guys behind him? Uh, you know, maybe someone like a Trent Sherfield uh, from Miami, maybe he uh, emerges. But, um, you know, you're asking a lot, I think, of Dalton Keene, the, the rookie, to, to be a – to me, tight end is one of the toughest positions to transition to right away. Asking a lot of him to be a receiver and a weapon in this offense. And Josh Allen, he's talked about wanting to be a little more conservative, but but still – or smart, but, but not conservative. But – does he have it in him? You know, he, he's a, a wild stallion out there. He loves making the big plays and sometimes leads to great things and sometimes it holds him back. So I, I'm just concerned that the Bills, uh, this court they put together, it's a very good team. But when you've got the Chiefs, when you've got the uh, the Bengals, now the Jets, there's a lot of excellent teams too. I'm just I'm a little worried that the Bills don't have what it takes. Last one for me, rank them. We know Jets is one for you. How does it fall after that in the division? Yeah, Jets won, Bills two, and Bills are definitely making the playoffs and getting a wild card. Dolphins are three for sure, and I do really like the addition of Vic Fangio. You give them, uh, you improve that defense. Uh, you know, we'll see about Mike McDaniel's offense. I think maybe they caught a lot of teams off guard last year. Now it's year two. Teams have a little more tape on them, uh, especially on Tua. So I, I'm a little curious to see how the Dolphins do and if Tua can stay healthy, but. They're going to be very competitive, so much speed. That's a track team out there. And the Patriots are four. They're going to be a pesky four, but they're, they're to, to me, the bottom team in the AFC East. You know, last year the NFC East almost got all four teams in the playoffs. It was very close, came down to the end, and it could have happened. You're going to see that this year, I think, where all four teams are in it till the very end. Maybe the Patriots or Dolphins fall out in Week 18, but AFC East is going to be very competitive. And the Jets and the Bills, certainly that, that's going to be a dogfight for the, the top of the division. And I'll wrap up with, if I gave you a scenario that Tua does stay healthy for 17 games, do they contend with the Jets and the Bills for the division? They do. They, they've been a pesky team. They've given the Bills some fits, and they've given the Jets some fits over the years. And, and man, that, that's what a fun round robin that's yes. going to be yeah. of two games each, you know, Aaron Rodgers against Mike McDaniel's offense and against Vic Fangio, Aaron Rodgers twice against Bill Belichick. Uh, the Bills, Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers, that's going to be early in the season, obviously. Um, very difficult. There's going to be a little bit of ca- cannibalization, you would think, in the AFC East with some of these teams knocking each other off. But, um, yeah, w- what a fun division this year. It's going to be the number one division in the NFL. And every it seems like every game is going to be an event this year. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your AFC East training camp round trip. And also beat Sal on the golf course when you guys play. Uh, I heard Sal uh, hit a couple birdies over at Oak Hill, so I don't know how easy that's going to be. Well, that means today I'll be shooting basically over 100 wherever we go. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Ben. Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center 
anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.